0: But part of what they had heard, presumably, is there's something really special happening with Jesus. He's saying things only God can say. He's doing things only God can do. So he tries to withdraw, and the crowds follow him. They chase him down.
1: What's up, everybody? And welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. Feeding the 5,000, a miracle story found in all four Gospels. Kiri and I welcome Sarah Stenson back to Scripture First to break down this famous passage. Sarah teaches us how this story is not a story of the forgiveness of sins. It's a story of how all ate and were filled. God creates and gives us daily bread in abundance. God gives us everything we need to sustain life. With faith, we can be comfortable knowing he is our God. Plus, we discuss how the details in the verses around the main action of the passage describes God's nature and may be a good place to focus on the gospel promise. As a reminder, the Bible passage is in the show notes if you'd like to read it as I read it aloud. Let's get to it. Here's Matthew chapter 14 verses 13 through 21. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish He looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds, and all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have Sarah Sensen with us this week. Thanks for being here, Sarah. Thank you. Now, when Jesus heard this, that's how we open. Right. Now, when Jesus heard what?
0: Good question. I would think that would be in everyone's head. Wait, what? He heard what? <laughs> so the context of these verses. Now we're in Matthew fourteen. Starts on verse thirteen to twenty-one. So leading up to verse thirteen to twenty-one here. Uh, We have the end of chapter 13, where Jesus had gone to his hometown of Nazareth, he was rejected, they don't know where he gets his authority and power, and he basically leaves. Immediately after that, we get the story about John the Baptist being beheaded. Mm -hmm. And so, that's in the context of Herod having heard about Jesus' miracles, wondering um, if it was Jesus coming back from the dead. So, it's all these questions, and Jesus just heard John the Baptist just got... Beheaded. Um, so that is the this that Jesus had just heard. And so when he hears that John the Baptist has been beheaded, he withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. That's so sad.
2: Why? Oh, I'm sorry. Am I not supposed to have motions about someone being beheaded?
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> that. I thought you meant that he withdrew to a deserted well, place. Well, that is too. It reminds us that Jesus is human. In fact. Yeah, that he experienced emotion Uh and he withdrew to a deserted place. Some people, though, those of us who are introverts like myself, (laughs) that would be great to withdraw (laughs) to a deserted place. But yeah, the John the Baptist being beheaded. Well, uh, not only that,
1: but you go to your hometown and they flat out reject you you and you you leave and they don't recognize you at all. That's that's harsh, too.
0: Yeah, it is harsh.
1: So it's kind of a one-two punch that's not... In previous exactly. lectionary readings, I but mean, remember the beginning no,
0: that's, of that's true the beginning of gospel John Jesus I mean, he knew this was going to happen. they knew him not so that that's this is what we're seeing now in the Gospel of Matthew and just a little trivial pursuit side note here, this story of the feeding of the five thousand with the bread and the fish, the loaves and the fishes this is actually in all four gospels so. It's important oh. enough that we hear this in Matthew in some form of it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We just hear it in different slightly different, different ways. But the same story okay. is there, which is is good to know that this is a big deal because they are all for including it. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So trying to
2: I wanna digest this a little bit more because I just like, I do feel bad for Jesus here. You know, he lost one of his good friends. There's a lot of stories about John the Baptist and him. So he leaves, he goes to a deserted place by himself. Do we know, like, where is it? Does it matter at all that it's a deserted place that he's going to? Someplace with, I'm assuming, without
0: people? Yeah. Yeah. By By himself. By himself (laughs) himself would be the the key there. Yeah, and it's way out in the wilderness. So he wasn't telling people, uh, follow me. Okay. At this point. Because that's what I was was getting to. Yeah, withdrawing in a boat to a deserted place. And we know when people do that... And Jesus included by himself. He's not telling the crowds, yep. "Hey, we're just going to relocate." So, which is actually the next uh, part of the verse thirteen. But when the crowds heard it that he had withdrawn and gone to this deserted place, they followed him on foot from the towns. So they're they're chasing him down. They're tracking him down, even though he had withdrawn. So he was not able to escape. The crowds, by this point, they had heard about him. They knew um, something about him, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you know it's going to vary. But part of what they had heard, presumably, is there's something really special happening with Jesus. He's saying things only God can say. Yeah. He's doing things only God can do. So he tries to withdraw, and the crowds follow him. They chase him down. So right. his work is continuing. He's not able to get the the break.
1: Yeah, he's able to go out by himself, but he's not... Not for not, long. Yeah, exactly. Not, he can't not stay for out by himself. When the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot yep. from the towns. And I'm just wondering, is there like a modern analogy to... Uh, I mean, we talk about this when there's crowds chasing Jesus. Why mm-hmm. are the crowds chasing Jesus? It's because of daily bread. They're getting their, their needs met. And of course, if you're getting all your needs met, why not? keep following the the man that's meeting all your needs. Right. Um so but you don't, we don't see that today unless you're you want to talk about like the Taylor Swift tours or something like that where like that's
0: actually thousands and thousands, and thousands oh, no. of people
1: are descending into to mm. follow one person, right? Mm-hmm. But is there like a modern analogy that people are, are flocking around one I person? I think
0: I can't think of anyone specific now, but there certainly are contemporary examples of people who are for example like faith healers or go drink a certain water and you'll you'll be healed or whatever it is but there there are certainly contemporary examples of people looking for a miracle in the sense of heal me physically or my loved one physically stop their suffering help them walk whatever it is it, because we see this in the New Testament of course not just in Jesus but even his disciples at a certain point are doing These same types of miracles. So in verse 14, when he comes back ashore, he sees a great crowd. He had compassion for those people who were following. He wasn't frustrated or upset. He had compassion. and the Greek there is actually spaknisomai, which we all know that's one of my favorite Greek words. Um, <laughs> you have so it, many. I know. I do have a <laughs> lot. That's one of them, though. But it's this deep like l- l- stomach, like moving your inward parts compassion. So it's not just like he really likes them or kind of feels sorry, but it's this deep sense of um, caring for compassion for the people who who are desperate and then he says cured their sick they're desperate to be healed to be cured or for their loved one to be cured so they're so much so they they follow him into this remote area so
2: the word no. compassion doesn't really do it full justice i feel like we find a lot of words Yeah, where when you translate them, it kind of dilutes them down a little, and I feel like this is one of those. I would
0: I would agree because compassion to to my ear can sound a little softer than what it really carries. Yeah, like a
2: mother having compassion on her child. Right.
0: Well, that actually might be a better analogy because you do not want to get between a mother's love and that baby. Yeah, but it's still
2: like more of like that soft, like comforting. Yes. Yeah. No, that's real.
1: And again, I think it's easy to jump over this. One, two, like you hear, okay, when Jesus heard Mm -hmm. that he got rejected by his hometown, Mm -hmm. he heard that John the Baptist was beheaded. He tries to to leave the crowds, go to a deserted place. He can't. The crowds follow him. And instead of being frustrated by it, he sees the crowd and he has great compassion for them and cured their sick. He he, he goes to shore. He stops being on the boat, being away from the group, and he continues to meet their needs, to meet their daily needs. But yeah. he, you're
0: right. He's not reacting here in the law the way we would expect. Our, like An I know I would yeah. not react that way in the <laughs> right. law. If you, if you had gone specifically under these circumstances to be by yourself, uh, my human reaction would not be Spalak needs to buy deep compassion and then curing their sick, but he actually reacts out of mercy. This, he's not being fair. He's not demanding, I need my Sabbath rest, which we hear – abused horribly nowadays, meaning just little self-care time. No, (laughs) he has deep compassion and he is not fair. He cures their sick. He overcomes the physical, because remember, we're talking about the word at creation. This is God who is present in all of creation is now actually curing physical um, illnesses.
1: And that's, I think, sometimes when we get these really action-packed, well-known mm-hmm. Sunday school type of stories, Jesus feeding the 5,000, everybody immediately goes to the action. Mm-hmm. But I think, and maybe for the pastors out there, that it might be easier to get the gospel message across when you actually say, this is God's very nature. Yep. It's mercy. Yep. You see, he was, he was in a deserted place. He sees his people. He has mercy on them.
0: He doesn't react out of frustration it's, or exactly. anger or meeting his own need. He actually he actually loves his neighbor as himself. He is actually fulfilling the law there by not reacting in spite or anger. That's right. Yeah. Hey Mason, <clears throat> have you thought about becoming a pastor lately?
1: Well, I'm preaching the gospel here,
0: aren't I? <laughs> he has the informal MD from yeah, Luther
1: that's right, House. That's right. <laughs>
2: Okay, so moving forward, getting to the the nitty gritty of this all, so it says, we kind of fast forward a little bit, and mm-hmm. it, um, the text says that when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, "This is a deserted place. The hour is late. Send the crowds away so that we can go into the village and buy food for them so that they can go into the village and buy food for themselves so I love this because I know you're going to rip it apart because anything anything, and everything pertaining to the disciples, I feel like they try so hard. And then according to Jesus, they just always get it wrong. So, and maybe I'm wrong in that, but I really don't think
0: I am in this situation. But they got it wrong? You mean? You no, know, you're right. That they I, did
2: get it wrong. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. could, can we just break that
0: down? Yeah. So you've got the disciples here who presumably know they're dealing with God. Yep. What they've watched all these things happen in Jesus ministry to this point and they're effectively saying, "Go tell the crowds, you're on your own, go buy your own food." You you know, go back to the village, no McDonald's out here. <laughs> go back to the village and buy your own food. Which makes sense.
2: It you know, any does in in, Any rally, yeah, political rally, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all I think of. Right, when you think of something like this, right? Like they'll provide food, but you have to pay for it. Like very few things actually provide food for you. Uh, yeah,
0: so except the guess who does? <laughs> God. <Yes>. I know, <laughs> right? But that's exactly what Jesus is kind of, <laughs> kind of doing here in the next in the next verse sixteen. He says, uh, "They need not go away. You give them something to eat." So, he's kind, kind of, of he's like, he's setting them up exactly because yeah. he's really kind of holding that mirror up because he knows obviously they're not they're not uh either paying attention or they've kind of lost the thread here that this is God who was literally creator of heaven and earth. Manna, I mean, you name it. They've watched miracles already. And so he's kind of poking at him a little, I think, here to say, "Okay, no, they don't have to go you give them something to eat and now we see their reaction, which is, I think, fair enough on their part, since they don't realize they've kind of lost the thread of this is God. Well, we don't have anything here, but five loaves of bread and two fish. So clearly not enough to feed a huge crowd.
1: Yeah. Clear, and obviously their response is very similar to any any of our responses. or yes, Typical yes. response to be, wow, okay, sure. We have a crowd here. The crowd needs to be fed shouldn't we tell them to go in and buy their own food? Well, yeah. oh, and Jesus gives you kind of this cheeky answer being like, they do not need to go away. Exactly. You give them something to eat. And then they're just like, uh, like,
0: we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. So that's not like, enough. It makes yeah. sense.
1: But what also would make sense is that they have literally God in front of them. who yes. They've seen able to produce all kinds of miracles, you, yeah, but it's just goes to show how Jesus
2: has had a really hard day healing everyone. Yeah. That's not what they're thinking, here though, Carrie. I don't think
0: that's. No.
1: Yeah. It's just going to show how limited not only the disciples' yeah. human brains are to the possibilities of God, but even our own. I mean, how, how often, how little of faith do we actually have to actually ask for a miracle or ask mm-hmm. for what we might need?
0: How about daily bread? That's exactly right, Mason. That's exactly (laughs) what's happening here. He's driving them forward. So they do, of course, bring the five loaves of bread and two fish, and he knows what is going to happen. He knows the result is going to be they're going to have to give it to him, and he's going to have to actually provide the daily bread, which is what this is about. Because you're right, not only do we not ask God for miracles, we... Don't even trust him to provide daily bread. We're going to get there, yeah. so hold that thought. So he takes those five loaves of bread, the two fish, looks up to heaven, blesses the bread, and breaks the loaves. Now, just really quickly, um, this is not a like a foreshadowing of the Lord's Supper. So that's not what this is. Sometimes people will think that's what this is. It's not. This Real is, quick question: yes. Why do they think that? Just because he it's, breaks the bread? Well, think about the words of "institution." Yeah. On the night which we prayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, broke it, gave thanks, gave it to disciples to eat. So you hear blessed, gave thanks, break the loaves, gave them to disciples. So, so, how do we know it's not? Because there's no word of promise here. There's not a word of forgiveness of sin in do this, this, and there the exactly. Of yeah. And there's no wine that doesn't come until the ok, the night on which he was betrayed. I'm going to read that again just so that
2: everyone everyone can hear taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds, so even though it says he blessed them, that's still not enough to.
1: What what does it mean to bless the broken? It's giving walls? a
0: good word. It's ulogeo. Um, lo, I think I don't have that pulled up, but I'm... yeah, yeah, u l o g e o.
2: Oh, do I have that? Oh, I do have that. Thank you, Kiri. You're well. No, that was just my mind. <laughs> oh, you
0: just knew yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <I> <laughs> considered being a pastor, exactly. Kiri? <laughs> a Greek scholar over yeah. there. No, my Latin stinks. <laughs> Greek. That was Greek. Oh, exactly. <laughs> So <laughs> Sorry, um, Ulegeo, <laughs> But there's no word of forgiveness Remember in the, the words of institution For the forgiveness of sin So that's yep. not here so, so I think that's enough said okay. about that Just yeah. to kind of head that nope, off Nope, that's very helpful Yeah, good um, But then he gives the bread um, to the disciples And the disciples now give all that bread to the crowds And all ate and were filled So they even had leftovers 12 baskets full of leftovers. So an abundance, an abundance, not scarcity, not just enough, but an abundance of food for the crowd out of five loaves of bread and a couple fish. So this is this is God's creative activity to this day in this world. I mean, we look back in the Genesis story, we see it to this day in all of creation God creates in abundance swarms of living creatures the stars in the heaven too numerous to count all of these things are God creating in abundance just like Jesus did here with the the bread and the fish mhm
1: mm-hmm. and i i do like the the he blessed looked up to heaven, he blessed and broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. You might read that as as some sort of logistical thing. I mean, if you have five thousand men plus however many women and children were also there, so I mean you're talking five thousand way way plus plus um uh, yeah, of course, in order to distribute food, you would need the disciples to do so, but that's also a mirror of what's happening with delivering the, the gospel, you know, he gave, oh, that's true. he gave the, his promise to the disciples and the disciples went on to preach that promise to till to, today. Right. To I an mean, abundance. Yeah. Gave them to the crowds. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what we're doing today too. Yep. So it's yep. receiving God's word and, and then we're sending it out.
0: That's right. That's right. Um, but one important thing to note in this text as a whole is that, This is not like in and of itself directly a story of the forgiveness of sin. I mean, that's why I was kind of pointing that out, even Mm -hmm. with the blessing, the loaves and all that. It is actually, though, about God providing an abundance of daily bread, which is what we pray for, by the way, in the Lord's Supper, or excuse me, in the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. And we know... God does provide daily bread, but what is not happening here is some form of the prosperity gospel. This is not not the more you pray, the more you get, or the better Christian you are, Mm -hmm. the more you get, which is kind of how the prosperity gospel operates inaccurately. This is not true to scripture. But when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, what we're praying in Luther's catechism is beautiful on this, but we're actually praying that God helps us recognize it is God giving us everything we need from day to day, everything we need to sustain life, good weather, friends, family, clothing, shelter, good government. And Luther in the Large Catechism has a lengthy um, treatise on the importance of good government to provide daily bread and also, by the way, to um, create room for the proclamation of the gospel, which is kind of what you're doing too here, Mason, tying it to the abundance in the proclamation, the proclaimers of the gospel, um, the abundance of the daily bread, not just for our own benefit, but actually finally to create room and preachers to preach this word of promise into the ears of sinners,
1: yeah, and it, to just—it's so easy to debunk the prosperity gospel. I mean, you could point to anything here, but I, in relation to daily bread, I mean, God is providing daily bread to His elected and the evildoers as well. Yes. Everybody is is providing. It rains evil on bread. the good
0: and the evil. That's right. Yes. I
1: mean, even if you're having the most hardship, fallen in hard times, whatever you want to say, you're still here. Yes. You still have some form of daily bread. You're still yes. here in this old world. Still uh, Until waiting to God hear that. God decides that it's your yeah. last
0: breath. That's exactly no. That's exactly right. Um, one last thing I think is helpful in this text. Is I did take a look at the supporting texts, and so the Old Testament text is Genesis thirty two, twenty two to thirty one, and that's the story of Jacob wrestling with the angel. And Luther has a great comment on that passage of Genesis in his. Genesis lectures, which are great also, side note. Um, But he says, (laughs) for through faith in the struggle of the cross, one learns to recognize and experience God rightly. So then he goes on to say, that's actually how we know um, we have God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who are for us. It's when, when you're in the struggle, when you've been put through the cross and have received faith, you come out the other end of that, you're dragged through by a preacher, by the way, not by your own effort Mm -hmm. or understanding. Um, That's the small catechism third article. (laughs) But by the Holy Spirit, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit drags drags you through and gives you faith. And not faith in the abstract, but faith in God. He is our creator. He is our provider. He is actually giving us daily bread. And it's daily not storing it up for the future and he will not forsake us that's the promise you get in your baptism so that is experiencing god rightly is how luther put it in this jacob passage um, and what he's saying there's is god is god and you are not okay that's the that's the key which here is tough sometimes to in hear in the daily bread it's very tough to hear and this is why when we pray the lord's prayer give us this day our daily bread. That's part of what you're praying for. Help me recognize God is my God. I am the creature God created. As my God, He is providing me all I need to live and sustaining me day to day, giving me what I need here and now, today, and not trying to pretend we're God. That's actually the freedom of a creature. You're now actually the creature God created you to be, which is a gift to have faith. This is what you pray to recognize. God is the creator. I am the creature God created. So, when we say in the Apostles' Creed, God is the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, that's, that's pulled into this whole conversation. Almighty is all, not partly <laughs> mighty. So, what Luther is saying, what we're saying is when we have faith in God, we're not going to worry about having enough daily bread or what's going to happen in the future. You actually have faith. God is your God. You are his creature. And you live simply in faith as God's creature.
1: And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Sarah Stenson for teaching us how the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 is not a story of the forgiveness of sins. It's a story of how all ate and were filled. God creates and gives us daily bread in abundance. He gave us everything we need to sustain life. And, as you heard at the beginning of the passage, His very nature is mercy. When the crowds continue to chase him down to fulfill their needs, he gives them daily bread with compassion. Are you looking to deepen your understanding of the Christian faith or of a particular tenet of Lutheranism? Luther House of Study has a suite of free interactive courses available. Visit lutherhouseofstudy.org to see their available courses, create an account to track your progress, and dive deeper into your learning. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, God will give you daily bread. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.